why is it so difficult to live according to your will when we know what your desire is for us? A good question. I'm sure it's a question that maybe you have even asked in times of your life. God, why is it so difficult to live the way that your word wants us to live? That is going to be investigated. We trust both biblically and victoriously this morning through the word of God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for giving to us your Son. We believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that through him, through his finished work, through his death, burial, and resurrection, and by faith and believing and his accomplishment upon the cross and from the grave, falling upon his name alone, we then and can only then come to know and understand what it is to have eternal life. Your word guarantees us that he who has the Son has life. But he who has not the Son of God does not have life. These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know you can have eternal life. And that believing in the name of the Son of God. No greater truth. No greater reality. No greater promise that has been given to us from the very throne upon which we come now and bow our heads and our hearts in adoration of who you are. Thank you, our God, that you are all-powerful, all-loving, all-knowing, all-sustaining, the keeper of life, the giver of life, and the sustainer of all that there is. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. And we, O oh God, rejoice in allowing us this privilege to come together as a congregation, to fellowship one with another, and truly our fellowship is in Jesus Christ. Therefore, let our joy be full. And we pray, O God, this morning that as we go into your word and try our best to answer this question, why is it so difficult, God? Why is it so difficult to live according to what you command us in your word and especially in those areas that we know? Oh God, I pray that our hearts would first of all be lifted in knowing that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And that we can be more than conquerors through Jesus Christ 
who loved us. We can stand victoriously. But it's difficult. And so God, I pray that as we open your word, that you would open our hearts. That you would allow us to see the truth of your scriptures. We would covet, O Lord Jesus, for your protection upon this sanctuary, even this morning, through your shed blood. That as things of the world would try to distract us, that would try to blind us to your truth, I ask, O Lord Jesus, that you would remove the blinders and allow us to see to know, to understand, and to follow what you have for us in your word. We're grateful for it. We are so pleased to know that not one jot or tittle will pass away from your word. Even though heaven and earth will, your word will stand secure and eternal because it is based upon our eternal God. So may we, O Lord, be enlightened to this question. And may we also be attentive to what your word has for us in order that we might live with a desire to please you. And we'll thank you and praise you in your name. Amen. Why is it so difficult to live according to your will, God, especially when we know what you desire for us? In that question, I see two avenues. The first avenue is this, is that whoever it was who penned those words of that question, we can at least assume that that person is trying their very best to do what God is telling them to do. At least we can conjecture the fact that this person is trying their best To live a life that God would desire for us to live according to his word. The second avenue is this. Is that this person is stating a fact of a spiritual life. And the fact is this. It it would appear from the question that there are times when it comes to follow the will of God, but yet we don't do it entirely victorious. And so thus the biblical discussion for this, war- for this, this morning is how can we biblically and victoriously live according to the precepts of the word of God in order that we may follow God's will for our life.
Before we get into the scriptures, there's a couple of things that I want you to know. First of all, there is an explicit will of God that is written for us in his word. You are familiar with passages, specifically when it says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. That is an explicit will of God for our lives. Other passages that we find, it says, well, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Then it also talks about be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God that the peace of God will rule and guard your hearts through Christ Jesus our Lord. Those are explicit will explained in the word of God. Love one another. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. They're unarguable as if you are driving down the road and you look in your rearview mirror and you see flashing lights and you hear a siren. The person behind you is not asking your opinion. He's demanding your obedience. And you had better pull over. In those explicit indications in the word of God, and God is not asking for our opinion. He wants our obedience. The other will, though, is a little bit more sketchy. It's the will that God has for each and every individual life as far as occupation. What does God want me to do? That call in your life is determined about a number of things in your life. Number one, how has God gifted you? I am not a carpenter. I was the son of a carpenter, but I am not a carpenter. I call people who are gifted in that area. Can I get an amen from some of you? I'm not a mechanic. I call people who are. They are gifted differently, and that is the body of Christ, as Paul explains for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We all work together for the betterment of the body of Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ being the head, and the rest of us are members of that body, functioning so that we encourage one another, strengthen one another, and we fully become the individual that God wants us to be. Some of you have been called to be accountants. Some of you have been called to be teachers. Some of you have been called to be farmers. That is solely based upon how God has gifted you and wired you for that occupation. But when it comes to the explicit word of God, that is for everybody, no matter what occupation you are in. And so when it comes to this question of why is it so difficult 
to follow after according or to live according to your will when we know what you desire for us. Let me call you to the book of Romans chapter 6, please. Romans chapter 6, we will begin to dissect this question and then to, Lord willing, give biblical reasons or answers for this question. Romans, the sixth chapter. When it comes to being totally devoted to the will of God, there are two key truths that we must realize. Romans chapter 6. I want to begin at verse 17 down to verse 23. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin, and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Go over to chapter 7. And I want to begin at verse 13. Has then what is good become death to me? Certainly not. But sin that it might, that it might appear sin was producing death in, the, in me through what is good. So that sin through the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, and that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. If then... I do what I will not to do. I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who did it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. 
For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me and the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which, in me, in my, which is in my members." O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. The first truth that we must come to grips with is this is that the reason it is difficult to live a life according to the explicit word of God is that there is a battle that is going on inside of us. The Apostle Paul writes for us in in chapter 6 that the only way to have eternal life is through the Lord Jesus Christ and in that then your life can produce, if you will, fruit unto holiness. He himself knew and understood that, and so do you, but yet in chapter 7, he dictates the question this morning that maybe even from the lips of the Apostle Paul, he is saying to God, why is it so difficult to live according to your will? He describes it as there is a warring that is going on inside of us. In Romans chapter 7 and verse 23, I see another law in my members warring against me. The battle is between the old nature and the new nature. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he is what, everybody? A new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. But there is a battle that is going on internally in the depths of our spirit. And it is between the law of the mind and the law of Christ. The old nature is not something that is willing to die unto itself. It longs to be satisfied with the things of this world. The old nature, unfortunately, is a gift. Described for us in Romans chapter 5, that through one man's disobedience, Sin has passed unto all, everybody. 
through Adam's disobedience recorded for us in Genesis chapter 3, the curse came from God that in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Sin entered the world. And it's through his disobedience that everyone that is born is born with a nature that runs contrary to God. As described very well for us in the very first chapter of the book of Romans. To the fact that they say, Paul writing to the Roman church saying the fact that though they knew God but yet they disobeyed him and created for themselves gods of creeping things and other such debauchery. And we have an old nature. But when an individual comes to trust, to believe, as it says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. At that moment, you are infused with the law of Christ. Holy Spirit comes and dwells within you. Thus, the battle rages. The first thing we have to come to grips with, dear people, when it comes to realizing that following the explicit will of God from his word, it's difficult because there's a battle that's going on. The Indian chief expressed it well when he said, there are two dogs that live within me. One is white The other is dark. And depending upon which one I feed, that one will be victorious. There's a battle that rages in the very depths of our soul. We see that sin entered the world... And this means all of creation, including the human, and affected by the effects of sin. Death entered the world. But judgment came upon all mankind, resulting in a condemnation. And this condemnation is the judgment of God upon all who do not know him by faith. So the battle is between the new nature which is given by faith through Jesus Christ. But I want you to recognize the effects of this new nature. Look at verse 15 of Romans chapter 17. I'm sorry, Romans doesn't have 17 chapters. Don't turn there. Go back to chapter 7. I'm sorry. (laughs) Verse 15. For what I am doing, 
I do not understand, for what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. Do you recognize the battle? But have heart. God has given to us this free gift of grace. Grace of God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Go over to chapter 5. Just one page, just one page turn over, chapter 5 and verse 15. But the, but the free gift is not the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And then in verse 16, this free gift results in justification. It says, and the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which comes from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. Jesus Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection. It's a free gift that when we trust in that, justification means a declaration of God that we are not guilty. We are taken from the condemnation of God and placed into the conquering power of Jesus Christ. The second thing we need to realize is this, is that yes, it is a battle, but the second thing is this, is that only through Jesus Christ can we carefully or can we fully be set free to follow the will of God for our lives. Time is escaping us, but if you would mark to read Romans chapter 8, Verses 1 through 11, you will come to understand that in Jesus Christ and Christ alone, we have been set free and we have been given the ability so that we can follow the explicit will of God. We can live a life victoriously for his honor and for his glory. So in order to have victory in your life in which you can live according to the truth of the will of God, there are some other truths that you must know. First, we recognize it's difficult because we live in a battle. But yet, we have been set free, and that only through Jesus Christ can we experience this freedom. But in order to follow the truths of the Word of God, in order to be, if you will, willing to follow the will of God, there are some things that we need to know. First of all, 
Who are you dedicated to? Who is it that you desire to be dedicated to? In Romans chapter 6, the passage we read, it talked about slavery. The word slave there, the Greek word is doulos. It literally means a bond servant. And you have two options. Even as a believer, you have two options. And the option is dedicated to this. Who will you be dedicated to? You can either follow the flesh or you can yield to the Spirit. And that is through Jesus Christ alone. In other words, who are you paying attention to? Who is dictating to you how you should or should not live your life? In order to live according to the written will of God, you are called to be a doulos of Jesus Christ. Because in that and in that alone, you will live unto and develop fruits of holiness. Ask yourselves these questions. What am I reading? What you read, you begin to fill your mind with. In fact, in Romans chapter 12, which we'll look at just shortly, it calls us to renew our minds. What is it that you're reading? What is it that you're watching? What is it that you're listening to? Who is it that you hang out with? My dad used to tell me, and I'm sure you've heard this before, maybe a little bit different in this culture, but in upstate New York, it goes like this. If you lie down with dogs, you'll get fleas. In other words, who's influencing your life? The Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 6, that who you dedicate yourself to, you will become that person's slave. That's your choice that you can make. Am I willing to follow the Lord Jesus Christ or am I willing to follow the old nature of sin? The second thing is this. Do I truly realize that only through the sustaining power of Jesus Christ I can be set free to follow the will of God. Only through Jesus Christ. 
I think too often in our culture this, these days, <coughs> we heap unto ourselves things that distract us from the Word of God. We can have instant answers to life's problems. Just go on websites and they will entice you to try to give you a reason for the trouble that you're having. I'm amazed that you can get your horoscope every day just by going to a website that will tell you, oh, you're going to have a great day today. Oh, wow, good. Super. Wow. I'm all set to face the day. Sometimes we we get information from individuals that are not as totally tuned in to the things of Scripture that they should be. Oh, it's okay. Go ahead and and do what you want to do because if you ask God, He'll forgive you. We make it so easy to sin. We make it so easy to ignore the explicit will of God. That maybe, just maybe, we shouldn't be involved in things of this world. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Why? Because that's not from God. And so now you're faced with a decision. Am I going to follow the will of God, the explicit will of God, or am I going to go ahead and do that anyway? That's your choice. But then don't come complaining to God when the consequences that you didn't expect all of a sudden begin to heap upon you. We can make choices, but we're not allowed to determine the consequences of those choices. The third thing is recognize that in Jesus Christ we are no longer held in bondage. We are adopted into the family of God. We're no longer held in bondage. I'm going to say something to you that may sound very, very as if my head is spinning. And you're standing there with half dollar size eyes. It's this. Ladies and gentlemen, the judgment has been passed. And from the word of God, I can faithfully tell you, you do not have to succumb to sin. You can resist the forces of darkness because you have been set free. Now, if that sounds foreign to you, I'm glad. That may be the first time you've understood it. But I do not, you do not need to, nor do you have to believe the lies of the evil one. You have been set free. 
the choice is yours. Will you willingly follow the Word of God? The fourth thing, lastly, is this. We need to be convinced of the truth that true freedom comes from presenting our lives as a living sacrifice to God. Now turn to Romans chapter 12. And in verses 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Notice the next word, holy. The determination of presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice is in order that we may live a holy life unto God. Holy, acceptable to God, which Paul says is the least that we can do, your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect what, everybody? Will of God. It may be, and it is difficult to live according to the will of God, even when we know what it is He wants us to do, and it may hinge upon this. Have I dedicated, totally dedicated, as a sacrifice, the least I can do to present my life as a sacrifice to God? Then, and only then, will I be able to live According to the will of God. You can't function in two, in two worlds. It's a determination. And in fact, in the Greek, it, what it literally means here, to present yourselves a living sacrifice day by day, moment by moment, never stopping. It's not a one and done. It is a continual determination that I will not follow the precepts of this world. For I have determined that my life is a living sacrifice, holy, separated unto God, acceptable to him. That's the least I can do then I will know what it is to live victoriously for the will of God in my life? It's a great question. Why is it so difficult? 
because we're faced every day with a battle and we're faced every day with a decision. Who will I give my life to today? Jim Elliott, in closing, says this statement when he says, one does not surrender a life in an instant. That which is lifelong can only be surrendered in a lifetime. Surrender to Jesus Christ. Then you will find it a little bit easier to live according to the will of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your word is true. It is powerful. It is for the instruction that you give to us that we would live and be able to live according to your explicit will designed for us in your word. And that will lead to a personal will that you have equipped us to do that which you have desired for us to do. And I thank you for the instruction of your word. These are not my words, nor are they the words of the world, for they are spiritual in nature. When the world is clamoring for our attention, I pray, O oh God, that we would fill our minds with your word. That your, your word we would meditate upon, your word we would bring to memory, your word we would determine to follow, no matter what the cost. That's the least we can do for all that you've done for us. To you be that honor and the glory, both now and forevermore. Amen.